Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's bonus episode. Mm-hmm. So we're talking to reporter Emily Schwing today. Yeah. And we're talking with her because of a tweet she sent out back in March. Dun, dun, dun. Breaking. Schwing quits the Northwest News Network. Number one reason? My male colleagues make tens of thousands of dollars more for the same work. And TBH, making this public scares the SH star T out of me. Okay, before we get into this interview, we got to do some full disclosure stuff here. So the Northwest News Network, or N3, get it? Three N's, N3. Anyway, our home station, KUOW, is part of N3. Basically, we pay into it and then we air the reporting. KUOW's president and general manager, Karen Mathis, is a member of N3's board. So we wanted to talk to Emily because her story for us is an example of something we talked about in the first episode of this season, quitting as a tactic. And not just quitting, publicly announcing why. Going public when you feel you're experiencing unfair or discriminatory treatment is a bold-ass tactic. But it's often a last resort. I mean, it has to be the last resort, really. And as Emily pointed out, It's scary, in part because you can't control how people respond once you go public. Yes. And Emily was not expecting the response she got. It was insane. Like for four days, my phone was just like constantly like I, you know, I would like go to bed and then like wake up and it would be like, you have like 500 new likes. And like I was like, what? None of the reporting Emily had ever done had gotten a reaction as big as her tweet about quitting her job because of a pay gap, Mm. including a huge national story she'd just broken a few months previous about priests with credible accusations of sexual abuse who were living on a college campus in eastern Washington. That's not appropriate. And then, like, three months later, I quit my job, and that's the thing that everybody was into. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> Emily's tweet got over a 1,000 likes and was retweeted hundreds of times. I mean, Emily told us herself that before this, basically only her mom liked and retweeted her stuff. <laughs> but in this instance, a couple of news outlets picked up her tweet and did stories about it, too. Now, it's important to note that the pay structure of N3 is complicated. The four reporters who work there do not get their paychecks from the same places. While Emily Schwing was an employee of Washington State University over in eastern Washington, her male co-workers were employees of the University of Washington. Yeah, that's located here in Seattle. And another full disclosure moment, it holds KUOW's radio license. Mm-hmm. They also live in different cities. Emily lived in Spokane in eastern Washington. Her male colleagues live in Olympia in western Washington. And generally speaking, western Washington is more expensive than eastern Washington. Career experience may have also played a role. Starting salaries may have also played a role. We told you this thing was complicated. And we could go into more details, but we won't. If you want to learn more, you can read about it in an article the Seattle Times did. We'll have that linked in our newsletter. But at the end of the day... Emily was paid around $20,000 less per year than her male peers for doing similar work. That's according to the latest publicly available salary information. She tried to address this several times with folks in leadership roles, but the pay gap was never closed. Whew. Okay, and now back to the tweet. Here's the thing. Emily was shocked at the big reaction to her tweet, in part because she hadn't really wanted to go public about why she quit in the first place, right? But she felt like she had to. We'll get into why in a second. This is BTSW. Battle tactics for your sexist workplace. Pew, pew, pew. I'm Jeannie Yandel. And I'm Yula Scott Bynum.
When Emily quit her job at the Northwest News Network, she was clear about why. She tried more than once to get management to address the pay gap. Nothing changed, so she felt like she had to leave. Okay, now get this. Then her old employer sent out an all-staff email announcing her departure. No big, right? Yeah. But it didn't mention any of the reasons she gave for quitting. Instead, the announcement said, Emily is on her way to be with her husband in Alaska. Emily did not like how that was phrased. I was really upset that they would use this story about like, oh, the woman needs to go be with her family. Um, (laughs) Like I fought with my husband about like, hey, I don't want to move back to Alaska because I don't want to just be living at home without a job. And I don't know if like the professional growth that I'm looking for is there for me. And to create this story that that is what I was doing um, really bothered me as a reporter because it was factually inaccurate. And and it was just covering for like this like this this problem, this problem that has been a continuous problem at the Northwest News Network for way longer than I've been there for at least a decade. Mm. Um, And it was just like, well, how long are you guys going to kick this can down the road? You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so that's what happened. And that's why I decided to go on Twitter. I will tell you that I wrote my tweet like there were probably like four different iterations of it. And then I like really dragged my feet and I was like standing in a parking lot of my dentist's office because I was like making sure I took care of my like. All my, you know, my dental care and all my medical care before I quit I my job. I will use this insurance before I quit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'm, like, standing in the parking lot at the dentist's office <laughs> being like, okay, well, like, should I, should I tweet? Should I tweet? Oh, my God, should I tweet? I was really worried that this would, like, come back to haunt me. Like, it would really just, you know, kill my reputation and... I really need a job. Like, I'm not independently wealthy. I know that's shocking that, you know, after 17 years of work in public radio, I'm not independently wealthy, wow. but I'm not. <laughs> and Way so, to go against um, the dominant thinking about public radio workers. <laughs> so, okay. What was your worst fear about going public with this? Like, what was your worst fear about tweeting that you quit because of a pay discrepancy. The biggest thing for me and an area that I'm super sensitive to is um, that I am an ambitious woman um, and I work very hard. And I was really afraid that I would be seen as a squeaky wheel and a problem causer. So, you know, women who are outspoken and stand up for themselves and show ambition in their careers really get beat up. Um, we've seen it all over the place. I've experienced it elsewhere in my career. And I was just like, oh, this just plays into that narrative that I think some people might have already developed about me. And if I go to apply for jobs and this is what comes up, there are people in the public radio system that aren't going to want to hire a squeaky wheel. And and I was afraid that and I'm still afraid that people think that I'm a problem causer. Hmm. So you also you said before we started talking today that you'd been screwed over before, or at least you feel like you have because you have that career ambition. Um, 
What did you mean by that? Um, I mean, look, I don't think you can be a, a woman and successful in your career without at some point feeling like you've just been totally hosed. You know, um, like I've, I've just had like bad experiences in in organizations where, you know, I feel like I've had a big success. I mean, I've there I had an experience where um, I won some awards one year for my reporting and the organization I work for told me that um, I was putting my own career first before the organization. And basically I was just being like arrogant and narcissistic for winning awards for my reporting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because you were so, doing your job well, like really well. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I feel like I was, but like, I'm also like, well, am I, was I being, oh. was I being too proud? Like, you know, like we get sent all these really crazy messages about like work hard, you know, put your nose to the grindstone, you know, really be driven. Um, there's nothing wrong with being ambitious and chasing down a story and really bird dogging sources and things like that. But then when you see that success, I think that you can, especially if you're a woman, I think that you can deal with a lot of um, I don't know what to call it, like maybe jealousy or resentment. Um, and especially if you're working in like small towns and small organizations, there's just a lot of like it can be a little abrasive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and like I'll admit I'm very driven. Like I really like what I do. So yeah. and I, I, I work really hard at trying to do a good job. So um I can understand if I if like from somebody else's perspective that maybe um, that drive in me can be abrasive. Um, but my standards are high uh, and I think they have to be, especially in journalism, because, you know, we're up against so much, you know. Yeah. And so those are the those are the standards by which I work. So did you worry that you would be defined by going public like you wouldn't be like Emily Schwing anymore reporter? You'd be Emily Schwing reporter who called out in three. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it actually I was really worried that people would think that I was just doing this for attention. Um, And I like I will be very clear with you. I was not doing this for attention. Um, I didn't do this for, you know, likes and and Twitter followers. Um, Like I, I yeah, I was not trying to like grab the spotlight. The things that drove me to making this public are very simple and very much like based in how I operate as a journalist. Mm -hmm. I wanted things to be clear. I wanted the truth to be out there. And um, I wanted like zero question about what my reasoning was um, and why I did it. And I also wanted people to know that this was an issue that I had actually worked on behind the scenes for three years and it went nowhere. You know, when I saw your tweet, I had this my first thought was this reaction that I feel like I'm having a lot whenever I see somebody who has had to deal with an inequitable system then take it upon themselves to publicize that experience, right, to tell that story to the wider world. And I, I kind of got frustrated. Like, I was frustrated that the thing that had to happen for this conversation to be meaningful in any any way was that you had to like decide to come forward right i have no idea if the northwest news network is going to review how they pay people but they're under more scrutiny now than they have been before 
But that's only because of the tweet that you decided to send out, right? Mm -hmm. And I found myself thinking, like, why are we in this place where it's the people who have to deal with all this stuff to also then talk publicly about it? I don't know. I was I was just sort of I was annoyed for you (laughs) that even though you were doing it as a journalist, I was annoyed for you that that was the situation that you were placed in because that's the expectation we all have. That first what happens is somebody comes forward and talks about being treated inequitably. Um, I don't know. I mean, did that did that cross your mind at all that like this shouldn't be my job to do this? It is frustrating that I had to like make this public, you know, I would have much rather just like continue doing a really awesome job as a reporter. Right. Um, that's that's what I prefer to do. Like I'm not in the business of like blowing news networks up, you know, that was never my goal. Like I didn't want to make the Northwest News Network look bad. Yeah. I don't want to make anybody look bad. You know, that's not the kind of person I am. But I also am like very much committed like not only as a professional journalist but also as a human being in terms of like the values that I'm supposed to like you know relay through my work like that's also how I am as a human being so like I wanted to be honest I wanted to be transparent and I wanted to be very clear and factual about what was happening I mean so do you regret your decision do you regret your decision to tweet about this I do not regret this decision because Reveal scooped me up, you know, like they wrote a contract for me to continue doing some more reporting for them. I'm working with them now. Like um, I got to come back to Alaska right about when this was all going down. I also won a grant from the Society for Environmental Journalists to do some reporting on um, drinking water issues in rural Alaska, which I wouldn't Mm. have been able to do if I was still in um, Washington. So I like I've gotten to go to like this super far flung village for a week, like way out on the Chukchi Sea, 80 miles north of the Arctic Circle. And like, so I like from for all of those reasons, like, no, I don't regret it. And now that I'm a few months removed from this whole situation, like, I can also tell you that like, all those cheesy things people tell you about, like, releasing yourself to the void, you know, like, like, oh like, yeah, right. Like, like, yeah, I know. I know. Like, roll your eyeballs. Like, it's it's palpable, the eyeball rolling. Like, but it's true. Like, well, I'm in the void. <laughs> I'm, totally in the void. I'm out here floating around, but, barely holding ground. I have no uh, grounding in my side. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that there are some, like, really cool things that come from that super scary abyss of not knowing what's going to happen to you and being like, oh my god I could be unemployed permanently and that could have just ended my entire career in public radio that I've spent my entire adulthood working on so um so the short answer is no I don't regret it the longer answer is I really wish that we could have come to an agreement on how to solve this problem Um, And that I had left on much friendlier terms um, for different reasons. So what do you feel like you learned about preparing to go public when something with something like this? Like, what do you feel like you would tell me about it if I was like, tell me about going public? I'm thinking about it. What insights do you have for me? Uh, The first thing I would tell you is keep thinking about it. 
Okay. Like literally keep <laughs> thinking about it until you are so tired of thinking about it that like it has weighed mm. you down and you can't get out of bed because you're it's like so exhausting to continue to think about it. I mean, like mm. I'm really serious like like this is not something that you just like it looks like I did just like wake up one morning and like quit my job, but like that's not at all what happened. I spent 3 years like dragging my feet on this. And like really like plugging away until I was so just like worn out from feeling like um, the organization that I was giving so much of myself to just didn't care about me that I had to, you know, like I really feel like this is not a decision that is to be made lightly. And if you feel like you're thinking about it, then keep thinking about it until your spouse and your family and like anybody and even your dog are just looking at you <laughs> like you are like, like completely off your rocker crazy. And if you don't change something like you're going to have a heart attack and die like mm. <laughs> like I'm serious, like think about it more and more and more for longer and longer. Why is it so important for you to articulate that, like, you need to really, really, really think about it? Why is that an important tactic that you want to share? I don't think this is something that you should do for publicity. Right. Um, I don't think this is something you should do if you really feel like people already think that you're um, a potential problem causer in the workplace. I'm a black um, woman. I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I'm like a, like a tiny little, like they call me turbo, right? Like, of course I, I'm going to be seen as a mm -hmm, problem mm -hmm. Like, I'm just this like loudmouth little white woman who like runs around and like does all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm with you. Like, but like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like because we're women, we have to be very sensitive about how we behave publicly, you know? Yeah. Um, I when I was a kid, I had this um, I had this soccer coach. Um, she was amazing. Her name was Anne, and uh, I had these soccer trials. I was like in eighth grade, um, and the reason I'm telling you this is it really stuck with me. Um, so I had these soccer tryouts for this travel team, and I was like really psyched about it, and I was convinced I was going to be like the next Mia Hamm, and I was going to like travel the world playing soccer. And I was super nervous and I was under a lot of pressure and I didn't know what to wear to soccer tryouts. Mm -hmm. And she took me aside and she was like, look the part. She's like, wear your best T-shirt, wear your favorite shorts, wear your cleanest socks. She's like, 90% of this is look the part. And she's like, and then just go out there and do what you need to do on the field. And I, I feel like that is like some of the best advice I've ever gotten just like – that I've carried through my professional life. Like, you know, look nice, act smart, look the part. And right. and that's the thing. Like, if you're not ready to, like, look the part of somebody who's going to, like, stand up for yourself publicly because of a pay disparity, you're not ready to quit your job. I want to go back to some of the tactics um, that you and I talked about on the phone. And you also talked a little bit about some of the practical stuff that you did to sort of prepare you have, um, I feel like the tactics that you've talked about were, they're sort of like internal, emotional, mental tactics. Like make sure, make sure that what you're doing aligns with who you are, one, and that you can like commit to what it takes to see that through. But you also thought about 
sort of you talked about getting your ducks in a row. So I want to ask about I want to ask about the getting your ducks in a row tactics. Yeah, the ducks. Yeah, so the ducks. The d- <laughs> what does that look like? What sort of ducks in a row tactics would you suggest people think about? Yeah, my, <laughs> my ducks are mostly like when you quit a job, some jobs, like you also give up your benefits. And because we were employed by uh, public universities, we had gold-plated healthcare plans. Um, and so uh, I knew I was giving that up. And the problem there is that my husband um, and my stepson were also on my health care plan. So, mm. um, w- like, we kind of had to make sure we did that. So I actually I went and got my teeth cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just made sure, like, I had gone to the dentist. Yeah. Um, and, and like taking care of of like stuff like that. And then the other thing that I I wanted to be really clear on is, um, I just wanted to make sure, uh, you know, like my retirement plan had been vested. Um, that's a huge thing. Like I was in another job where I actually waited for six months before I decided to quit because I would have lost thirty thousand dollars in retirement. If I had left early because it was invested. So I waited out um, getting vested. Um, so smart. Yeah. But the problem is it was brutal. Um, but oh. I will tell you, I threw a party where everyone had to wear a vest after I got vested. So, mm-hmm. um, um, but yeah, I mean, just stuff like that. Like, so, like you have to make sure, like, are you vested in your retirement plan? Um, are your teeth clean? Like, do you need a root canal um, that your healthcare yeah. plan will cover because that can be expensive? I didn't need a root canal. Or like, like we, ha- I have a stepson. So like, did he, was he up to date on stuff that would have been covered by our plan? And then I also just wanted to know what my payout would be. Um, I don't think a lot of people know that like, like what the policies are around, like if you have sick leave and you have vacation time, like what is the organization you work for going to pay you out on? It turns out that my organization was only going to pay me out on my vacation time and not my sick leave. Um, So, uh, and that's just the policy there. But I also wanted to make sure that like I knew how much was coming to me from the payout on my vacation time so that if I got a check that where the numbers didn't match, you know, like where was the discrepancy? So that's the other reason I took like three days. So I called my editor on a Monday morning at like 8 a.m. And I said, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to put in my official notice on Wednesday. But I need a couple days not only to call my colleagues and tell them personally um, because I wanted them. I wanted them to feel respected because I do respect them. Um, And I didn't want them to just get blindsided and then be like, we have to like fill the hole Emily is leaving with news stories because we're going to have a void. I also wanted to be able to call human resources and talk through some of the issues in terms of like, what am I getting paid out on? Like, what does this look like? Like, and just getting all of those things in order. Emily, thank you so much for talking with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Emily Schwing is a reporter with Reveal. That's a public media podcast and radio show from the Center for Investigative Reporting. Emily quit her job with N3, the Northwest News Network, over a pay discrepancy.
BTSW is a production of KUOW in Seattle. Our senior producer is Caroline Chamberlain Gomez. She's got all the names. Special thanks to Patrick Mulligan, who helps us with marketing and promotion. Our director of new content and innovation is Brendan Sweeney. Special thanks to Michaela Kiner and Ruchika Tulshian, who have been advising us this season. And special thanks again to Christy Scheuer, who writes our web posts. This podcast was inspired by the book Feminist Fight Club, written by Jessica Bennett. Our theme music was composed by Kessia Gordon. Our graphics designer is Tio Popescu. Mm -hmm. And another huge, gigantic thanks to Matt Martin for babysitting Livy today. Yay! I'm Jeannie Yandel. I'm Eula Scott Bynum. Keep up the good fight. See you soon.